I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Zoli's Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. Okay, James, I've got my cup of tea got all my notes. I'm prepared to go on. I think we got a lot to talk about, so that's that's why I'm really revved up. How are you feeling? I also have a cup of tea, and uh, I have some Earl Grey going here, and I got oh, a nice. giant. I have a giant mug, um, and my notepad just has one little scribble in it. So that's about as ready as I normally am for these shows. So you're the you're the planner, and I'm the agent of chaos. So let's go. All right, so we're gonna we've got a big guest on today, our friend Andy Petrillo, the host of Leafs Lunch. Uh, we're gonna talk to her about the season so far. We're gonna take some questions, um, but we're gonna start uh, with you and me, and we're gonna get into Jack Campbell, Frederick Anderson, potential replacements for for Frederick Anderson on the trade market that you and I looked at, and then I want to get to some of the the trade candidates that that we discussed and went back and forth on and posted a story about at The Athletic um, for forward candidates. Um, so we'll get into that. But I think we have to start with, with Jack Campbell slash Frederick Anderson. Obviously, he comes back. He gets a shutout, another shutout. He's given up four goals all season and four starts. He has two shutouts. Um, what do you make of this? Like, Do you believe that he can take this job and run with it? Uh, I think it's possible. Yeah, I, I think it's... 
I think it's worth a shot, you know, and, and I know, and I, I feel like I've been saying this on the podcast all along. I know that the Leafs front office believed in Jack Campbell, despite the fact he had hardly played. I mean, how many starts in the NHL did he have coming into the season? Like 55 or something like that? 56? Yeah. Um, I know that the, the Leafs front office was quite high on him and him getting a, a shot. And one of the reasons why they felt like they could come back with Anderson as as their starter is they felt like they had a really strong option behind him for the first time in a long time. And last night, Jonas, you know, I was thinking that just kind of how cursed the backup position has been since they traded James Reimer. That was five years ago that, you know, that um, they moved him to San Jose. It was a long time ago. And since then, it's been... You know, you get McElhaney. I think it was Jonas Enroth, right? Is that who came in right after? I think so. Yeah. That was a disaster. He came in before uh, McElhaney. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the, the, the first backup was Enroth. Disaster. Complete, yeah. like, complete and total disaster. Lost every game. Babcock hated him. Um, they claim McElhaney on waivers. He's pretty good. He's pretty solid. They lose him on waivers the next year. They lose Calvin Pickard on waivers. Garrett Sparks, who just won an AHL championship. Disaster. Uh, then... Um, the next year, what, what was the timeline after that? I'm blanking. Like, they, they just, well, I guess. Oh, Sparks, you mean? Yeah. And then, well, well, then like, last year's uh, the Hutchinson. Hutchinson experience. You know, they have Neuwirth in camp, and they think that potentially he can be the backup, and, and that doesn't work out. And then Hutchinson's the backup, and disaster. And then this year, Jack Campbell, not disaster, but he's just hurt. You know, if Jack Campbell hadn't been hurt this year, who knows what we would be talking about now in terms of the goaltending situation. It's just, it's really bad timing that he's been hurt this year. Well, you got upset with me when after the second or third game, <laughs> I didn't write that there was a controversy, but I wrote that, that this is going to be a situation like all season to monitor. And then things kind of like the water's calm. The Leafs were winning a lot. Anderson was fine. Like he might have to go find what you wrote that, he was, yeah. I just said that this is this is going to be an issue. Whatever I wrote at the time, I think you called um, it a goalie controversy, and I I don't ever use the word controversy. I think, so I think that was that, the that was the interpretation. But anyway, the point is like the water's calm because Anderson was just fine. He wasn't great, but they were winning a lot of games. Um, and then he gets hurt, and then he comes back from injury, and I don't know if it's tied to the injury. He has kind of intimated that that he is not right. And now it, it looks like he's not going to play. Um, so maybe that's part of it, but he's just, I mean, some of the goals that he's giving up are just goals that, that can't go in. Do you think their, their confidence in whatever confidence they might've had in Frederick Anderson coming in, into the season is gone now? Like, do you think that can ever be repaired or is it just done? I found the story here. Here we go. It says the headline is Frederick Anderson's seat is already warm. January, yep, I was right. January 18th. You think his seat was warm three games yep. into the season? Yeah, he gave up nine goals. Or, 11, or was it nine or 11? Uh, no, it was nine. Yeah, nine goals in the first two games. And if yeah. Campbell hadn't, doesn't get hurt, I, I think there's – well, and they were winning. Well, that was so the dispute that we had that I thought it was too early for them to, to start. I mean, Campbell had played one game where he faced hardly any shots and – I, I'm with you that like this had the potential makings of of I mean I I think with the way Anderson's played this year that if Campbell had been healthy he would be the starter right now like he probably would have taken over but that's kind of assuming that 
like we don't know how Campbell would have done if if he had played a lot more games at this point. It's all it's all theoretical. Yeah. To answer your question, the the Leafs' confidence in Anderson was shaken last year. Like this is not as it should be. Yeah, it it, it was. You know, they, they've said. I think the thing that that people need to keep in mind, I, and I think most people do keep this in mind, is that NHL GMs think about how they're going to message things when it comes to their players and. You know, Kyle Dubas knows that the Toronto's a crazy market, and he knows that if he goes out there and says anything that intimates that they've lost any amount of confidence in Frederick Anderson publicly, that that is terrible. You know, that that is gonna that is gonna mean bad things for their season. So they've been very careful to not do that. But I, they were frustrated last year with Frederick Anderson and uh, season in terms of other goalies. Well, you and I kind of like scoped it out at the time, and and I think we both felt that it might've been the time to move on, but it was just like, well, to what? And there weren't a lot of guys out there that you're like, yeah, that guy is like, a, is definitely better. Like maybe Darcy Kemper was that guy and, and maybe he was worth the first round pick. I don't know. Um, he, he could still be worth that, that price now he's hurt, which, which kind of complicates things. I don't think the um, other thing that we probably should have talked about more in our goalie candidates piece is the expansion draft complicates it. Cause are you going to give up a first round pick for a guy and then you're going to lose Jack Campbell to Seattle when Jack Campbell might be able to turn into a number one goalie here in the next couple of years. Are, are you sure that he's the guy? You no, lose? I'm like, not. I, when I say I, he might turn into that, I, that doesn't mean that I'm no, sure. No, no, no. I mean, like, I don't know that you can assume that he's the guy that, that Seattle's taking. Maybe he is. But, like, remember how many goalies Vegas ended up taking? You're, you're giving up an so asset right, to get a guy. I don't know. You can see why it's a bit of a tough situation. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and the problem is um, you don't know about Anderson and you don't know about Campbell. Obviously, he's played really well as a Leaf so far. Let's hear in our quote of the week, James, from Sheldon Keefe about what he's liked about Campbell as a Leaf. You think it's my fault? Is that what you're saying? saying you're, is that what you're saying? saying, you're saying you're is that what you're saying? Okay. Well, yeah, he was just screaming in my ear, so <laughs> I had to kind of start singing along with him, but uh, you know, he's a big fan of that song. He plays it in the car sometimes, so... Uh, he, he definitely is a big Mon Jovi guy. We need more emotion from everybody. We need people to get angry. We need people to step up and, and be mad and take it personally. Uh, he was just okay. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for that. <laughs> so you guys can package that someplace, okay? Highly competitive. Uh, never out of the play. Big saves at key times. Great energy about him, uh, both in the crease, body language, all those things. And he comes to the, he comes to the bench, drink water, TV timeouts. Like he's he's got a great energy about him, uh, and you know, I think, as I said, players really uh, enjoy that about him. I think that's that's really what you're looking for for you know for you know, the guy. Uh, the guy doesn't play as much, but when he goes in, uh, gives the group confidence. So that was Sheldon Keith, and I think there's there's not really much negative about Campbell so far in a Leaf uniform. They love his personality. He's performed really well. But there is, like you touched on before, there's a lot of uncertainty as to whether he can do this. And that's like part of the question with the trade deadline and acquiring a goalie. You really don't know. Like as much as like you've mentioned that the front office really believes in him, that's nice. But like they don't have a lot to go on. Like he started 60 times in the league. Um, I think there might be something there, but like he's never started in the playoffs. How comfortable would you be if you're the front office just being like you know what we're not going to acquire a goalie 
There's nothing out there that we really love. We're just going to put our faith in Jack Campbell and, and hope that like this is real. It's not unprecedented. You know, like, it, you know, you think back over the last, you know, you think in the salary cap era, you know, Antti Niemi for Chicago and Cam Ward for Carolina and Jordan Binnington for, for St. Louis. And I'm probably forgetting some other Memory. ones. I mean, there was a time when Corey Crawford wasn't wasn't uh, experienced in the playoffs. Like, yeah, Matt Murray's another good one. Like, there's there's been a lot of young goalies that have gotten the opportunity, and Jack Campbell's not young. And you know, I I think that there's a potential for him to be a number one goalie in the NHL. I really do. And I think that you look at his path to here, and it's been very unusual. Uh, but it's not unprecedented that the guys figure it out at 27, 28, 29 years old. It's just not. And if yeah. you look at the numbers for the games that Campbell has played the last three years, they're really good. So they're they're much better than what Anderson's numbers are. Now, he's played a lot fewer games. So the question is, there's going to be questions about durability. There's going to be questions over, can he be a number one and play a ton of games and still perform the way that he has as a backup? There's lots of questions, for sure. But I'm not I'm not terrified of going into the playoffs with him as the goalie and Anderson as, as the backup option. Actually, I, like frankly, I feel better about that than than Anderson as a, as a starter. You know, if yeah. the playoffs started tomorrow, I'd be playing Campbell. Yeah, it's just that there just isn't a lot to go on right now with Anderson that would give you confidence. Like, forget about the regular season performance. The playoffs have been the playoffs. Like, there's there's not a lot there that suggests like he's got that in him. Um, but so you and I went through the candidates, and and if you're not subscribed to the Athletic, go to theathletic.com/slash/leafreport. Um, and check this story out and check out a story we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit, and that's forward candidates. But was there one guy amongst the the goalies that we kind of sussed out? Because you and I had been looking at this for a while, and our first conclusion was there's nothing there. And then we're like, okay, maybe maybe we need to take another look, just like I'm sure the, the front office was like, maybe we need to take another look, right? We debated writing about whether or not the Leafs should look at goalies for a while, and we kind of, we waited and waited and, <laughs> it became very clear that, and I think it became very clear to the Leafs too that they had to at least think about: do should we look at goalies? Should we talk about goalies? Should we? You know, I'm sure I'm sure they've had conversations about every position in the front office the last couple of weeks. Like they, they really, this is such an important season for them. But to answer your question, um. No, I mean, there, there was no one, it was actually, the pool was kind of worse than I thought it would be when we started going through the list. Like, there just, there weren't a lot of guys where it was like, yes, let's give up assets, let's have them quarantined for two weeks, let's, you know. One of the things I like about the trade potentially the most is that you could free up a whole bunch more cap space by moving Anderson out, and then that would allow you to potentially to upgrade the defense or add, you know, more up front or whatever, that appeals to me a little bit, but in terms of the like, I think that if 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 Campbell had played more and you were more confident going into the playoffs with him as your starter, then it, then you would be looking kind of for a backup or a, more of a tandem goalie. Whereas right now, it's really kind of unclear what you're looking for. Well, I think I mentioned him on the last podcast we did, but I the guy I I kind of am okay with if you take a shot is Kudobin, just because the only thing I don't like is that. He's got two more years after this one, but it's 3.33. He is going to be 35 really soon, but he's like done this exact job before. The the issue with him is like you're now kind of assuming that that Campbell can be the number one, 
But we we also saw just last year that like if if Kudobin needs to be called upon, he might be able to like just give you competent goaltending. Like they got all the way to the Cup final uh, with him and Net. He hasn't been great this year, um, but I I don't hate that. Like I don't think the the cost would be that high. Um, and like you said, you you maybe you can get Dallas to retain some money, and suddenly you free up some cap space to to do something else. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, the cap hit's okay. I mean, the problem is the term for me. Like, if he only had one more year on his deal after this year, I I, I would be a lot more excited about it because perfect world, the situation you get into is that Campbell proves he's ready to be a number one and he can take over the role. And, you know, either he or someone else is going to need a contract for the year after next, right? And Mm -hmm. if you've got Kudobin there making 3.33 and he's 37 years old, you, the Leafs aren't in a situation where they can have a three over $3 million a year backup in two yeah. years who's old, who can't play. Like, that's just, they can't do that. So the problem is the term on Kudobin's contract. But, you know, it, like, if you could just get him for this year, then 100%, like, he'd be perfect. But, you know, there's no, in, in the cap world, there's no, there's very few perfect solutions, so... I wonder. I wonder how much Dallas would retain on that deal. Maybe if maybe if you get him down like closer to the two million mark, um, maybe that that gets a little bit more interesting. Well, because then at that point you're gonna have Campbell. Presumably, like you'll sign Campbell in 2022, assuming like that's that's a big assumption. We don't know what he is, but then maybe your tandem is like him and Kudobin for that 2022-23 season. Mm-hmm. For like who, six million who, or something, right? Or, like that's not that's that's fine. Six and that's a half. You're paying your goalies. Yeah. Um, what about one more? I want to get to because we talked a bit about Kemper and I. I he's hurt, so like that kind of kills it. What about our old buddy Jonathan Bernier, who is also hurt? So maybe that's a no go too. Yeah, I don't mind it just because I mean, like the the risk there is very very low. He's got a low cap hit. He's, I guess, the only. Question is, Bernier kind of seemed to wilt a little bit in Toronto the last time around, but I don't know. Like he's like, he's older now, but like it's like if let's say it's game three and and Campbell's had two rough starts and you have to bring in Bernier, are you feeling super confident? Probably not. And that's but maybe but maybe you feel better than Anderson, who yeah, you, like that's fair. I mean, he's been better than him this year, and he was probably better than him last year. Bernie's uh, played pretty well for like a really bad Detroit team. Yeah, he's been their best player. And since you know what's interesting, I was looking at this the other day. Since the Leafs traded for Anderson, just to refresh people's memories, 2016 uh, they trade uh, Reimer to San Jose uh, for I think was it a couple draft picks or a draft pick or something like that. Yeah. Um, they trade Reimer. Uh, they trade Bernier in the they 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 trade for Anderson and they sign Anderson for five years and then they trade they basically give Bernier away to Anaheim uh, and Reimer signs a five year deal in in Florida. Um, since that time, it's been five years and the numbers for the three goalies for Anderson, Reimer, and Bernier at least in terms of um, well in the advanced stats too. I mean they're very close with the three goalies. You know it's interesting that they're, they're all still playing a lot of games. They're all still. I mean, Reimer, you can argue a little bit whether he's a, a number one or a starter, but they're all playing quite a bit. And, uh, you know, in terms of just overall save percentage, Anderson was at, like, I think a 914 for the five years. 
and I, I want to say Reimer was 9.12 and Bernier 9.11, something like that. They're all like right in the same range. Um, and I was just thinking through in my head, like alternate universe, like I wonder if, what if they would have had one of those guys as their goalie the last few years and, and gone with them and, instead of Anderson. Uh, I mean, the difference is like Anderson was starting regularly, like 60 starts a year. The confidence in those guys was not high at that time and, and yep. sort of justifiably so. Like I think. But the other difference, Jonas, is you would be paying them less than five million. You wouldn't have committed to them for five years. You would have. Well, remember Reimer got that kind of crazy contract from Florida. I think it was yep. like four. Less money. It was nope. five years at three and a half. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's all right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, trade candidates. This was so much fun to do. I really enjoyed this. Was there, so you're you're all on the Michael Granlin train, but was isn't there it, someone else isn't that- it, Isn't it Mikhail Granlin? Sure, yes, sorry. <laughs> Did you see, see Arpin's story about pronunciations? And well, it wasn't about so much about pronunciations, it was about accents and- It's it really saved in my- it's good to read. It's really good. Yeah, people should check that out. That was one of the best stories we've had in the last couple of weeks in the in the company. Okay, so we know you're on the Mikhail Granlin train. Um, but was there someone else uh, in our research that you came across that, that interested you maybe more than you thought uh, who would fit for the Leafs up front? I actually like Kyle Palmieri better than Granlin. I just don't think it's realistic that they're going to be able to get him. So. Because of the money or... There's like the, he's got the no trade clause, which it sounds, I'm pretty sure the Leafs are on it. And he doesn't seem to have a lot of interest in doing the quarantine. I also really like Eric Stahl because I think that getting a really good third line center makes a lot of sense. So it's not so much that the reason why I've pushed Granlin so hard is that I know the Leafs really like him. And I think he's probably the most likely candidate for them to get. Now, of course, there's like been all this attention around it and whatever. It's it's probably not going to happen, but um there's a couple of guys I'd like as much or more than, than Granlin and Paul Mary's a big one. I mean, I, and I was watching Paul Mary's games back and, and focusing on him and, uh, he's good. I mean, he's got a really good shot, really, really good. You know, you, you get him in alone on the goalie and like, you can see why he scored so many goals for them. He's been a 30 goal guy, like uh, very frequently this, this year has been kind of an anomaly and, not that that's necessarily what the Leafs need, but you add another weapon, and he's also very good defensively. He's not a big guy, but he's he's tenacious, and and I think that he could add a two way element that would be would be really really good on the wing uh, for the Leafs. So, um, yeah, Paul Mary's the guy I like the best. You? Well, I think Stahl is really interesting because I do think there is a bit of an issue right now in that third center spot. I I can't say I I super. Uh, or I have a ton of trust that, that Pierre Engvall can can do it in a playoff series, four playoff series, whatever. I don't know about Alex Kerfoot. Like, I don't think that works. So Eric Stahl would, would give me more security. He's got, a, like, a big kind of power forward game. He can kind of maybe insulate Tavares a little bit, and the Tavares issues are persisting um, in terms of what he's contributing offensively. 
But the, the the guys that I came across, I think Philip Forsberg makes a lot of sense. He signed another year. Making him fit is is going to be difficult. But the guy I loved most was Alex, Alex Iafalo. I watched so much Kings, and I really like watching the Kings. He's just kind of a really good kind of complementary kind of part that he could fit with Matthews. He could fit with Tavares. He could fit on their third line. He could kill penalties. He could go on their power play. He's kind of feisty. He's pretty quick. He can score a little bit. Uh, the only... Yeah, I just don't think the Kings will trade him. Yeah, I was going to say, it's great that you've fallen in love, but I, <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. LA's had such a good year, and IFL's had a good year. I just, I, I don't yeah. see, I don't see why they would let him go. Well, I guess yeah. that, well, if you give them a reason to let him go. I mean, they're not, yeah. like, as as good of a year as they've had, they're not, win- they, they know they're not winning the Cup this year. If you can give them an asset that no, helps them for the future, maybe. I don't know. Their window to get back to being a playoff team is probably sooner than I thought. And one of the reasons from I've only seen a couple of Kings games. I haven't been as big of a fan as you, but uh, Cal Peterson's been really, really good for them in goal. Yeah. And, you know, having you can see why they were comfortable giving up Jack Campbell because they really had the the next option coming there. But I, I do think, James, what some of these guys like I think Grandlin kind of fits it. I don't know if Palmieri fits it. I don't know if I follow totally fits it though i, I kind of think he does they need someone who's going to kind of give a little more life to to Tavares and, and neilander and part of that is because Tavares, i just don't think he's the same threat offensively that he once was and if you can get someone who can really do some of the heavy lifting and that's why taylor hall makes a lot of sense obviously there are big complications with that honestly palmary would be perfect jonas like he's yeah, but is he going to create opportunities for Tavares? Is he going to create yeah. opportunities for Neilander? Okay, if you think so. I mean, he's not the passer that Granlund is. So, like, I think that, like, but Paul Mary can create his own opportunities. And, and I, I already talked about his shot. And he's, like, he's good in the corners. He works hard. He's good defensively. and But he doesn't want to come here. Yeah, well, I mean, So that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like he's an anti, has a problem with Toronto. I, there's a lot of guys... A lot of veteran players don't want to do the two weeks quarantine, like sit out in the middle of the season and move to another country. And I mean, you know, we're talking about guys that have kids and sure, and all those. Yeah, you, you know, it's very disruptive. And a lot of them went through the bubble process last year and didn't particularly enjoy it. And it's it's going to be harder for the Canadian teams to make trades this year. It just is. I, I do like the idea, though, James. Um, and Palmieri's expiring. I follows expiring. Hall's expiring. I do kind of like the idea of, of getting someone who has another year left or multiple years um, as kind of insulation against Zach Hyman leaving in free agency. I think Ricardo Kell makes some sense in that respect in that Zach, Zach Hyman's not going to leave. Come on. You, I, I, I am surprised at how certain you are about that. There could be some team out there that's going to overpay him so much that he's not going to be able to say no. I don't think you can rule that out. I if you're ruling that out, I think you're delusional. I think he's got the uh, Leafs. I think ta- so too. Tattooed on like, his heart, and he's not going to go. That's what okay. I think. All right, we'll see. But I, I think if you could have further insulation for that, um, that would be helpful. Like Forsberg's got another year at six. That would be, I think, a dream for them, just because he can score, he can create opportunities, like good on the power play, he can shoot the puck. Raquel, I, I kind of like as as a buy low, um, but it's going to be tricky for the Leafs. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, James, it is a pleasure to welcome someone who's really good at her job. And I'm not happy at all saying that because I don't usually like dishing her compliments. <laughs> right, Andy Petrillo from Lee's Lunch? You're, you, you don't usually get compliments from me. No, no. I mean, I, I welcome you to my show and I always, you know, give you a grand introduction and you're like, meh, fine. Yeah. It's like I, it's like your arm was twisted to, to come and speak to me. So no, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to enjoy that one little line, even though it was quick fleeting and you were quick to say that it left a sour taste in your mouth. <laughs> I'm taking it. I am taking it. What's going on here? Is there like a rivalry between Jonas and Andy that I don't know about? There's like a, there's a turf war or something. No, I think. I feel like it's been uh, it's been that brother sister relationship since yeah. day one. I mean, this this goes back to when I was with Leafs TV and you were with AM six forty, and uh, then we started. We did a couple road trips together with the Leafs, and we were just always, you know, just kind of teasing each other. And then I, you know, may have given Jonas a little bump in the um, aisle way of a bus on our way to the airport for a road trip, and he may have fallen over and split his pants. Oh my god! And got really upset at me uh, because those were his only dress pants that he was bringing on the uh, the road trip. So he had to find a tailor. Where were we going? Was it Boston? And then get to find a tailor and fix your pants. Jonas like, is regretting is this guest problem? appearance already. <laughs> this is a, this is amazing. This is so yeah. good. Andy, so when did you start? When, when did you start covering the Leafs and, and being around the team all the time? Uh, Full time, it would have been two thousand and six. Um, okay. so yeah, that's when I joined Leafs TV and kind of never looked back since then. Because by the time I started being around the team, 08 or 08, 09, I think was the season you were kind of like, it felt like you were an institution in the dressing room already. The players all knew you and you were, you were like a big personality in there already. So, well, uh, there's, uh, if you see the picture, as you know, at, um, what is it called? Now? It's called Ford performance. So it's changed so many names, right? You know, the, the practice facility as well since 2006, I guess now it's the Ford performance center. So, you know, in the media section, right, they have that big photo. There's a scrum. If I'm not mistaken, that's Mark Bell in the middle of that scrum. Um, no, because, no, it's no, who Mike was Pekka. It? It's Mike Pekka. Was it Pekka? Yeah, because I, a, I, I remember that exact moment. It was at Rico. It's oh. Mike Pekka. Remember Mike Pekka <laughs> played for the Leafs? Oh, yes, he did. And yeah, the, yeah, he would shave by morning and, and by night he had a, a full beard. That was kind of the, the running joke. But yeah, so I, I couldn't make out who was in there because I do remember there was a massive scrum around uh bell as well because you know the the story had come out about um impaired driving and all that kind of stuff and i thought that i could have swore that was it but as you see like you can't miss me because you're 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 right james like a i was always in the room i traveled with the team and everything but i i made sure i stood out too right like that big red coat it's like you can't uh even in that photo 
their the eyes gravitate towards the bright red coat. So everyone knew when I was when I was coming down. Well, and James, she would get her elbows up and she'd be physical and she would <laughs> yep. she was no holds barred in there. Yep. It was yep. little. Like everyone would try to take advantage. So you had to, you know, establish dominance. And I made sure I did. There you go. Yeah, no, I think we everyone was afraid of you at that point. So <laughs> I, 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 I think I think it worked. <laughs> well, she was splitting your pants. You should have been afraid of her. <laughs> Well, so Andy, obviously, um, it's interesting times in the world of the Maple Leafs. I don't think it's ever not interesting. Even when like, mm. they're winning, there's interesting stuff. Um, what was your or what is like your concern level over this recent stretch? And I guess in particular, the inconsistency, instability in, in goal that they have right now. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, you know, everyone knows it. And it's funny, because even when I, you know, run into just random fans on the street who I've never met before, you know, they all, all like automatically start talking to me about Freddie Anderson, right? Because everyone knows that I talk about the goaltending position a lot to begin with. And I'm also a huge fan of Freddie. And obviously, you know, it's going to pay me to say, like, there's, there's a problem there. Um, and what stood out to me last week in one of his interviews was not only did he allude obviously to the injury and, and obviously we know that's something that he's dealing with and they've been talking about it even since this weekend but he had said something about getting his confidence back and you know getting back to the winning ways that he knows he can get to so right there I knew there, like, there's something else up right there's there's the injury which obviously is nagging him but there's also something going on between the ears and that's when it really becomes concerning because that's harder to fix um, that's a confidence thing. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a while to to lose. And sometimes it can take even longer to get back. And that's where I'm just a little bit more concerned with Freddie. And I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know if it's because he's, you know, maybe his confidence is down because he's thinking, here we go again with an injury, right? Because he's dealt, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he's dealt with something like every year. And I know, I know that's not saying much. And, you know, athletes, if they're 100%, that's an anomaly. But uh, I do feel like the last couple of years, he's dealt with something that's really kept him out. Um, so I don't know if he was kind of having a, oh, oh, here we go moment. I don't know if it bothers him that a backup, you know, you want a backup to push you. Does it bother him that the backup, though, um, even though he's only played four games, people are already talking about him uh, supplanting him. Does it bother him that he's in a contract year? I don't know. There's all these things that can really kind of swirl around in somebody's brain. But that was the part that just really concerned me when he said that in that interview last week. So and, you know. Uh, and I know you, you've alluded to it as well in even recent articles, but after that play-in series last year, you know, there, there was the report, and I know you guys were talking about it, of, you know, uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs not necessarily hanging up the phone when, you know, people were calling about Freddie Anderson, or maybe they were the ones even making the call. The player knows that, right? He, of course he knows it, A, he hears it, but also didn't Kyle Dubas say I had to call him and, and kind of set the record straight with him. So yeah. he knows, like, it's just, it's one thing after another that can pile up. And that to me is what is, is concerning. Can he turn the corner or is it too late? Um, and that's, that's where I'm like, okay, listen, it's very simple. If I were to just if I were to simplify it, you have one goalie who's playing well and you have one goalie who's not. It's, a, it's kind of an easy decision for me who goes in net in the next game. You know, it's funny, Jonas, we're, we're taking reader questions today, Andy. And the first question is, why does Andy like and still like Frederick Anderson so much? <laughs> That's the very first question we got. That's so. a good question. They they've been listening. They've been listening. I am loyal. I am loyal. I don't just turn my back on someone that quickly um, because, and I've said this before, he has saved the bacon of this team 
more times than not. But obviously what's perplexing is that sometimes his brilliant performances are not in the games that matter the most, right? Isn't it's that like a problem, though? Yes. I mean, and that, that's the thing, because now it's a trend, right? Like his brilliant performance will come game three in the playoffs. But then it's like, okay, here's game six or game seven. And then there's like this really stinker goal. And you're like, well, but I know you can do it because I saw you do it in games two and three. But, you know, why can't you do it in a, in a closer game, right? Like it's, it's things like that. Or, you know, again, you, you have a regular season game and it's kind of this strange like game 32. And it's like, ah, who cares, right? But now you're down the stretch and suddenly he looks like he's stumbling to the finish line. So it's, that's what's so perplexing is you know that he can get the job done. I mean, this is a goalie who's you know played the most since he's joined the Toronto Maple Leafs. As far as games played, he's been up there in the top three. He's been up there in shots faced, right? Like he's been busy, 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 busy. So there is a part of me um, that also wonders, are we seeing the product of the, um, the workload that he's had to endure this time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like, is it, is it just caught up to him to the point where it's like, this guy's the wear and tear maybe is too much. Or is this a guy where you're like, I don't know between the ears, you know, can he, can he get over that hump when it matters the most? And those are the questions Kyle Dubas is going to have to be asking himself as Freddie, you know, obviously is up at the end of this season. Well, to Andy, to that point, there's a, like a certain point with goalies that they just lose it. Like they just, they, they stop being what they once were. He's 31. Like we look at all the goalies that once were like great. And now just kind mm-hmm. of fallen off like Braden Holtby, Carey Price. Like there just comes Quick. Jonathan Quick. There just comes a point, John Gibson, even of late, although like how much of that is tied to the team, but like there comes a point where they're just not what they were. But I do think that the mental stuff uh, is, is really interesting because it must be, a really hard if you're playing hurt and and people are really criticizing your performance and you're like, Hey, wait a second. Like I'm, I'm playing hurt. Like, do you think how much of that do you think is a reasonable explanation for this? And how much of that is like, well, you know, like last season you, you weren't hurt and the results are kind of the same. Like how much do you think we should factor that into our evaluation of him right now? The injury in particular and how he's kind of handling the criticism of it. Yeah. Like yeah. if like when Austin Matthews was hurt, it was so clear that he was hurt. Mm-hmm. It's harder to see like if, if Frederick Anderson really is hurt, which he is, it's harder to see how that affects his performance, but he would know, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're an athlete. Like, you know what it's like when you're not right physically. Yeah. And I think what's also, you know, frustrating is what, what exactly is it right? Like with, with, to your point of Austin Matthews, we know it's a wrist injury. Um, Even then we don't know the details of it, but we know it's a wrist injury to the point where it's very difficult for him to get, you know, the, the the mobility obviously isn't there to the point where he's not taking his wristers. They even changed his position on the power play because they just knew his regular position. He wouldn't be able to wire it. So we knew you could, you could actually see as a fan, you could, and even if you're not, you know, a a fan who understands every nuance of the game, you still knew something was changed. Something's going on. You know, it's a wrist injury and you saw the adjustments in the game for Austin Matthews. What exactly is Freddie dealing with? And what, what exactly are the adjustments that a goalie needs to make as well to compensate for that? I mean, are we talking hip flexor? Are we talking groin? Are we talking, 
knee, right? Are we talking a calf? Like, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what it is either, but I, and I guess maybe that point is moot anyways, because for a goalie, everything lower body wise, you need to be functioning at full capacity. You need to be able to push off and slide side to side. You need, you need to be able to come out and then get back very quickly as well. That's all lower body. It's all legs. And if something is not right there, um, you know, you could, you can imagine the mechanisms there. He's overcompensating maybe on one side, but I mean, Jonas, what's happening? How is it affecting him? Okay. So Austin, he can't take wristers, but he's found other ways to adjust his game. Freddie, I don't know if it's that easy. And what does he have now? Like an 897 save percentage, not to mention the last few games, it's probably been worse that he's been in net. I don't know if there's a way to compensate and, and cover up for a goalie who has a lower body injury than there is for a skater who has an injury and you can move him to different areas in the ice. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough and I'm sure it weighs on him because he's probably like, I don't have any other way to play. So I'm either going to fight through it or I have to completely sit out and uh, his play right now is dictating that he would, that he would sit out. Cause again, I've said it before. You have one goalie who's playing well, one who isn't the one who's playing well, that's got to be your guy going in with just 20 games left. This I, I love this. I get to put you on a spot, Andy, which you always do to me. We're live on the air, and I have no idea what's coming. And it's, it's oh no, it's, it's often some crazy curveball. No, no. I mean, we're doing reader questions, so it's not that bad. But I, I maybe I can cook up something that'll be really bad. Uh, Riley, Riley, one of our our listeners says uh, asks, "What does the ideal bottom six look like for Game One of the playoffs?" The ideal bottom six. So I guess we're also assuming that the fourth line is going to really have a role in this. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to be harsh, but there is also a part of me that just feels like that, like that whoever's going to be on that third line, um, that's going, or excuse me, that fourth line. I just don't know. I mean, that's going to be what Spezza because you really need him for faceoffs. Obviously he can you know, be valuable on the penalty kill. Um, is that I, I would like to see Pierre Engvall remain. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I do wonder if he remains because I also wonder if Alex Kerfoot, you know, will remain. But, you know, do you bring, again, there's the, the rumor that seems to really be heating up with Granlund. I mean, is that a guy coming in? Uh, see, what's, what's tough is the Leafs are looking for a top seven-ish forward. That's what we keep hearing, right? Somebody who could bounce potentially to that second line, but really kind of be in that third line. So who are you going after? Are you going after uh, a Miles Wood? Are you going after an Ayafalo? And I'm not going to steal Ayafalo because that was actually Mike Johnson who brought that up. That was like a curveball. And I went, oh, okay. He's my boy, so, Andy. I love him. I yeah, think I think Mike great. borrowed that. Mike might have borrowed that from Jonas who had. He, oh, okay. He's been, he's been on the Ayafalo train for weeks. Although, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know where where MJ got it from, but I, I know Jonas has been falling in love with I follow here. Well, and that's, and he just, he made a really good case from, there's been the name of, of Nick Foligno, which I think would be, you know, fantastic as well, but Columbus is still in the hunt and are they willing to part, you know, with a, with a captain and leadership, you know, qualities there, but that could be something. So I, I would say to me, uh, I really love Wayne Simmons. So for going, okay. If you want to actually have me say something, right. So let's get me, you on the record. Okay, so if you get me on the Six record, names. Let's go. Uh, okay, so for sure, <laughs> I've been on that Wayne train. Like, there's there's no jumping off that Wayne train. I bought a first-class ticket. It is non-refundable. 
So I am staying with Wayne Simmons. To me, Wayne Simmons is somebody most definitely um, who has to be in your bottom six. I do love Mikheyev. The penalty kill has been struggling as well, but I think this is somebody who is valuable. He's not a defensive liability. He creates chances, but for the love of God, find the back of the net. So I'm obviously going to go um, Mikheyev as well. I really like him. And I'm going to go Pierre Engvall. I love Pierre Engvall. I'm going to stick with Jason Spezza. I think Jason Spezza has a ton to offer. Um, so I still like him, you know, in the lineup. I I do wonder, and even though he looked good off the top and maybe he's going to feel refreshed, but I don't mind Joe Thornton being reunited with a guy in his age group because I don't see Zach Hyman in a bottom six for me. I know that Sheldon Keith loves that third line when he mixes a, mil- a little bit with Kerfoot and McCamp, but I do like Hyman with Matthews and Marner. And it's about to get faster. It's about to get grittier. I think he can handle that. So I don't, I don't see Hyman in my bottom six. I see him in my, my top six. So to me, that means I'm moving Joe Thornton down. I think um, that makes sense, and, Andy. Like, I think if they had a fourth line of Thornton, Spezza, and Simmons, and you just played those guys in the offensive zone, I think mm-hmm. that they could control the puck. I think they could get you some goals. Like Spezza has more five-on-five points than Tavares this year, and I think more than Neander. Like, I kind of see some potential for that. It's just like, what do you do with the rest of your lineup? And that's why like a trade feels so necessary. They just feel like they're a guy short and maybe two guys short. Well, that's it, right? Because again, I like Kerfoot more on the wing than I do in center, but he's currently holding on to that center position. But I also think he's their best trade asset simply because of the three and a half million. Uh, how are you bringing somebody in if you're not really clearing cap space? You know, so by that alone, you know, Kerfoot because Comes a victim. So then are you looking for somebody who is a winger or a centerman, somebody who can move to the wing? You know, obviously Jason Spezza maybe can can move on up, or like I said, Engvall and take that uh that third or fourth center line. Um, so right now, obviously, I would say Kerfoot, you know, could be in there, but I just don't know if this is somebody who's still gonna be a part of the team. Um, but I'd like to see him part of the team. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. I guess that my my big change would be Joe Thornton would be down there for me. Um, as opposed to as opposed to Zach Hyman in my bottom six. All right, Andy. Here's another one. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, the Frederick Goche Fan Club. That's that's the name here on Twitter. Wants to know <laughs> who is your favorite interview guest? Is it O Dog or Noodles or Hayes or someone else? And, and you can't you can't pick me, and you can't pick Jonas. So you got to go somewhere else. Oh, geez. So somebody who comes on, uh, gives some great information. Oh, it's hard to choose. Honestly, I think they're all fantastic. And, and I know that is such, that is such a John Tavares answer. No, oh, no. like I love just, them all. They're just so pick one great. person and piss everyone else off. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to go off the board. It's not even anyone at TSN. I have to go with PJ Stock. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard his hit even last week. I mean, he's swearing on the air, which I had to remind him. He's not allowed to do that. But he got very passionate. <laughs> Because that's when the conversations were heating up about fighting. Um, so, you know, he got all into, if you do this to me and you do that to me, obviously I'm going to get upset. And then he dropped an S-bomb. And, uh, but he's, to me, he's, he's very passionate. You want to talk about somebody who's not afraid to pick a side. Um, I do like that about PJ. And, and sometimes he brings another element that, you know, we, we weren't necessarily thinking. That doesn't mean that element is always something I agree with. But I, I got to uh, follow I love, up. Love have, Andy, have you, have you ever sworn on the air? I did accidentally. I, I also used the um, the S word. wasn't the It wasn't the big bad word, but um, I 
And, he, and I remember it perfectly because another guest who I love having on, because I don't think people could really appreciate his humor is, is Darren Dreger. Obviously, he's a little bit different on air, but when he's off air, I mean, he just he drips and oozes sarcasm. But I, I find Dreg so funny. But anyways, of course, he would be the one to call me out. It was when Mike Babcock had used the um, sitting around the table, you know, if your knees hit the table, and then he was talking With about pie. I yeah. yeah, like, you know how he was using that whole analogy and stuff. And I went to present a question to Darren Dreger about that analogy. And instead of saying sitting around the table, I said something else. And Dreger's <laughs> went, pardon? <laughs> like, why are we doing that around the table? I'm like, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I added the H. But I remember that perfectly. So I did that on the air accidentally. Yep, I'm always worried me. when I come on your show that I'm going to there's going to be some f bomb or something by accident. Good. On this show, <laughs> on, on this show, we swear all the time. Like you, you know, it's this is no holds barred. So if you want to say anything that you know you can't say on your show, you go ahead. So oh wow, you're rule. allowed to do that. Okay, yeah, I didn't we, know we you're allowed to do that. We don't have any fucking rules here. So you <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I have a reputation to uphold. My mother. Well, I will say this though. I mean, I do swear quite a bit. And when I first started working, you know, with the NHL in 2006 and really kind of being ingrained in the room and being around players all the time. I went and had dinner at my parents' place not long afterwards. And I didn't realize, I guess, how much I was swearing. And my mother just looked at me like, what in the world? Like, I did, how, how did that happen? I said, I'm so sorry. It's just now I'm kind of a product of my environment. So yeah, I just have to pump the brakes, be a little bit more aware of that on uh, AM radio. You have a question, Jonas? I thought you were taking the questions. I have plenty of questions if you want me to. to All right. I'll do one more from readers. I've got one from Brandon. He says, uh, will John Tavares figure things out, uh, how to produce it five on five under the defensive system the Leafs have? How can you get value from him going forward? What do you think, Andy? That's a big question. Yeah, Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Because he's still kind of, he's not scoring five on five. The key to me, at least with that one, is um, William Nylander. I'm Okay, if John Tavares keeps providing assists for William Nylander, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I, I feel like John Tavares plays, uh, excuse me, pays more attention to the defensive uh, side of the game. He's better at it. I would, in some ways, um, you know, argue. Although Nylander is is very tricky with his defensive prowess, right? With his stick checking, his ability to get back faster. Obviously, being younger, being speedier. But I just think being a centerman, understanding the position, being around as long as he he has been, there's just there's an understanding there um, from Tavares. So I'm okay if he pays a little bit more attention to that, mucks it up in the corners, puts a big caboose in front of the net. I'm okay with that, um, provided Nylander is on his game offensively, um, which we really saw you know, start to heat up heading into the break. And you know, obviously, this is something you want to see continue. So I'm okay with that. I, I got to be honest with you. I know it's cliche, right? But we always say it's those little things. But if he is doing those little things, and if, you know, Galchenyuk can figure something out too, right, and, and, and kind of be a guy who keeps up and, and scores, I don't think Tavares needs to. That's what his wingers will be doing. So I'm actually okay with that. I disagree, Andy. I disagree with Andy. I think that's not, not enough, Andy. Well, not enough. What, what do you want to see him do? Well, he, the problem is, like, he just might not be able to do it anymore. I, I don't know. Like, he played 15-12 uh, in the game on Saturday, which was a season low. He's like one of the highest paid players in the league. Now that's not his fault. That's what, that's what he, he was deserving of at the time. That's what you have to pay free agents, unrestricted free agents. Uh, 
But it's really tough when you build your team this way where you've got four guys eating half your cap and one of them is is playing well below what he's supposed to be giving you. That's that's tough. And it's going to be tough in a playoff series. Like He doesn't necessarily need to always score, but that line needs to be driving and dangerous. And if it's not, it's a problem. It's it just it's it's tricky. So I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I guess maybe I've just been beaten down a little too much because I've just been tooting that horn for so long where I just I just thought, okay, 11 million, seven years, because even leading into that contract, word around belief was there was a concern with his skating, right? Yeah. The speed of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've, we've discussed this, you know, at nauseum, like to the point where, you know, you like the guy, you, you like the leadership, you like the experience, obviously that he brings, but he wasn't speedy to begin with, I think even in his prime. And now he's, you know, getting older. Uh, but I, I, I just, I don't know what else to say. I've said my piece on that, right? Like I've, I've always said my piece on that. That was the first domino to fall. That's why the Leafs are in the cap situation that they're in because he got 11 million. Austin Matthews, is no dummy. He's like, I'm the best player on your team. So if he's making 11, guess you're paying me more, right? So we knew that. Then you had Mitch Marner, which I've always sided with Mitch Marner because I do believe he's in the category of an Ovechkin and Kane as far as a winger who can drive a line. I never begrudged him for asking for that money because he is so damn good. Um, but that, that Tavares was the first domino to fall. And I guess there's a part of me that just like, I don't mind having Tavares on the team. The seven years always bothered me. But I guess at the same time, if they didn't offer him seven years, he would have went somewhere else. So now we're going to play this. Well, what could have been? What would this team have looked like if he wasn't on it? You know, that first year with the 47 goals, all this kind of stuff. But I guess what we're also coming to the conclusion of is this team um, can get the job done in the regular season. It's the playoffs that have been a problem. And Tavares hasn't helped them do that. So uh, this, this to me, I think he'll, he will always be a polarizing player because of his contract. And now, because we're also seeing, um, you know, as he's approaching the halfway mark of his contract, he's going to be on the wrong side of it. I mean, I hope I'm wrong for his sake. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, clearly, you know, you're already seeing that it's, it's a bit laboring for him. So, yeah, but I, I guess I've had those conversations before. Um, which is why there's a part of me that kind of just like, listen, if this is who he is, then he better just not be a liability to the speedier wingers for that he has. And uh, me, fair or unfair, like William Nylander then really needs to be consistent, really needs to step up the game or else that second line's not scoring. And yeah, that is a massive problem. She is, and this pains me to say it, the great Angie Petrillo. Andy, oh, this has been Record really fun. That. Record it. We're going to have you on a lot now. This has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you. We miss seeing you around the rink and bringing a lot of the energy that uh, I, I watched. Was it a playoff game? There was one game I watched with the Marlies with Andy, and I sat, stood beside her the whole game. Oh, was, yeah. I remember I, that. I got, uh, I think my one ear was sore by the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say, but if I'm not mistaken... I think it was you who snitched on me. So I had worked like a six hour, I had done a six hour show at CBC and I said, okay, there's a Marley's game going on and I want to go, I want to go watch it. It's a playoff game. And I was exhausted. 
but I go and I stayed for the first two periods oh, I and, this. Yep. Yep, and then failed. I left because yep. I'm like, I just, I can't, I'm tired. I got like, you know, what a long day. Well, I'm hosting the show the next day with Craig Button and he wasted no time in saying somebody doesn't realize that hockey has three periods, not two. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I said, the only two guys I was sitting with were Myrtle and Jonas. And as much as Jonas and I go tete-a-tete, I'm like, he would not snitch on me. Nope. Thanks, Andy. You're right. It was Myrtle. Huh. I don't Forget remember that. snitching. I don't remember <laughs> snitching. but uh, Unless uh, someone maybe. else was spying on me, which worries me because you always wonder who's watching you. <laughs> Tune into Leafs Lunch Monday through Friday on TSN 1050. You can hear Andy defend Frederick Anderson, although I don't know for how much longer. It's getting tougher. Yeah, my armor is now getting thin. Andy, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And uh, I'm sure you'll bug us and we'll bug you. And there's going to be lots to talk about. There definitely will be, guys. Have a wonderful day. All right, so that was Andy Petrillo from Leafs Lunch. That was a lot of fun, James. Um, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, go to athletic.com slash report. Check out the trade candidates up front, the trade candidates in goal. We got a lot coming there's lots to talk about, James. Um, I, I don't have anything else to add to that. There's just lots we, going on. We have a hell of a deal on right now. So if you're not subscribed, uh, sign up. And then you won't have to listen to uh, Jonas read any of these advertisements anymore. Uh, but And if you have a friend or a family member who you think would like The Athletic, now is probably the best time of the entire year to sign up. So encourage them to do so. Carlo Koliakovo is going to join the show next week. That's going to be fun. Oh, cool. Carlo. Um, so we will be back next week. There's only a couple games this week. They play Thursday and then they play Saturday. Um, but there's probably going to be a lot to talk about. We might have a trade. We might have Jack Campbell running away with the, the number one job. We will see, James. And we'll be talking some Edmonton-Winnipeg matchups. So lots to chew on. Keep well, James. Everyone stay safe. Thank you for listening. James, you want to take us out? Nope, that's it. Cheers.